Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Sleep is hard for all of us in general, right? I mean, it just comes with the territory of being a human. And then I think obviously the last two years, it's just like our anxiety is being like exacerbated by everything that's going on. And it just seems impossible to sleep. And ironically enough, the only thing we know that's going to make us physically and mentally stable and sane is a healthy sleep pattern. So in all the discussions I've had with multiple doctors on this podcast, the one thing that they have all recommended is CBD. And that is why I started taking Ned. And I want to tell you about Ned because it's this company is incredible. So they produce several quality full spectrum hemp oil products extracted from organically grown hemp plants, all sourced from one independent farmer named Jonathan in Colorado. Like they know his name. <laughs> it's just Jonathan. And it's incredible because these products are science-backed and nature-based solutions that are a fabulous alternative to prescription and over-the-counter drugs. They are chock full of premium CBD and have a full spectrum of active cannabinoids. Ned's full spectrum hemp oil nourishes the body's endocannabinoid system to offer functional support for stress, sleep, inflammation, and balance. And my two favorite products from them, number one is the sleep blend, which is incredible because I mean, over 50 million Americans suffer from sleep disorders. And I take this stuff and I am out like a light. And I'm not groggy in the morning. And then the other one that I love just to manage my stress is the full spectrum hemp oil. It's just an easy, simple thing to add to your routine. Both of them in conjunction with one another have me cruising full transparency. Ned is a full transparency company and shares third-party lab reports who farms their products and the extraction process all on their website. Ned's CBD products have over 1,500 five-star reviews and they work with incredible partners within the medical field like Dr. Christian Gonzalez and Dr. Will Cole. Great follow, by the way, if you don't follow him. If you want to check out Ned and try their full-spectrum hemp oil or sleep blend for yourself, we have a special offer for the Everything is the Best audience. Go to helloned.com slash best or enter best at checkout for 15% off your first one-time order or... 20% off your first subscription. That's H-E-L-L-O-N-E-D.com slash best to get 15% off your first one-time order or 20% off your first subscription order. Thank you so much, Ned, for sponsoring our program and for offering our listeners a natural remedy for some of life's most common health issues. (laughs) 
Hi, this is Pia Baranchini, and welcome to Everything is the Best, the podcast where I get vulnerable and make others do it with me. The goal here is to deep dive into interesting people's journeys, finding common denominators, and hopefully making you feel not so alone. So let's laugh, let's cry, and let's get inspired to live our best lives. This is the Monday before I go to New York for a LPA presentation and the intensity of that moment for me has not sunk in at all. It sunk in a little bit uh, two days ago when a crew that's filming a YouTube video for Revolve, they were so funny, they emailed me and they were like, oh, we, we, you know, here's like a deck, we're going to record, you know, videos on multiple people involved in this New York Fashion Week project and, uh, and there was a bunch of people from our team that I, you know, the video team from Revolve, they were on the email and and I didn't realize like how many other people were on the email and that maybe they were from like another company. But I responded like, yeah, whatever, I'm down. Like, just uh, tell me where to be and what time and I'll be there. Because I know that all these people are working so hard to create so much content and like, I don't, I'm always just like, I'm whatever, tell me what to do. Like, I'm easy, right? And, and they responded like, um, we don't really like, we kind of want to introduce ourselves and give you like a run of show. And I was like, oh my God, this is like a professional outside company, of course, because they're, uh, you know, our Revolve, I'm sure just like doesn't have the bandwidth, you know, to create so much content for all these various people. So I was very embarrassed and I got on a video with three lovely people from this beautiful team and they were like, so we want to, you know, obviously we, we asked, you know, Revolve about you. And so we have a little bit of a background, but we'd love to um, like hear from you. Kind of like, do you want to tell us your story? And the main producer looked at me and said, you know, it must be a really, a really big deal to you to be a new mom and to be going to New York for Fashion Week. And I looked at him and said, it hadn't hit me. (laughs) And I started crying, just kind of like I'm getting choked up now. Because I didn't know what I wanted to be. And so I thought maybe this would be a good um, episode in just kind of my story. Because I feel like we all feel like we're best friends here. (laughs) But maybe we don't know each other very well. And obviously over the years, there's been, you know, lots of nasty things said about me, well, in lots of different contexts, but the one that bothers me the most, um, the one that really fucking pisses me off the most is like, oh, I'm so tired of these influencers and their brands. And I don't like when people use that word as a negative thing, regardless, because it's like, how are you going to shit on like a fucking billion dollar industry? Number one. Number two, fucking unfollow everybody. Like, get off Instagram. Like, I don't know what, why do you need to go around hating on people on a platform that's like essentially, you know, made for that. And number three, you would never turn down money to promote products that you're already talking about. Like, I would love to meet the person that thinks they're above saying yes to a brand. I, I It blows my mind. Like, so if you are posting something that you love and you just want to share with people because you love it, and then that company says, hey, your posts about us are really resonating with people. 
let's, you know, why do you like us? Do you want to form a partnership and properly talk about it? And we will compensate you. You would never say fucking no. So go fuck yourself if you think you would, because you just wouldn't. And you're lying to yourself. And then on top of that, I can't, you know, respond to people that are going crazy in a negative way to me on Instagram because it's not healthy. And so I can't always, you know, and I don't want to like overly explain myself, but like I didn't start Instagram saying like, hey guys, here's my outfit. And to the people who did, good for you because those people are making a shit ton of money and are very well-respected businesswomen at this point and men. And I don't see anything that's wrong with either one of them, but it's not the category that I put myself in because I, at 18, moved to New York. What month is it? It's September. So, you know, three weeks ago now, oh my God, how many years ago? Over 10 years ago? Yeah, like 15 years ago. Oh my God, that's so scary. 15 years ago, I moved to New York in August. There was no, like, there were no dorms left at the new school. I started at Eugene Lang and transferred to Parsons. It's all under the new school. So it was just like switching um, departments and went to Parsons for four years. I didn't graduate. I have like four classes left, (laughs) which is insane. But you know, for those four classes, it's what, like $25,000. And I don't really believe, I mean, I'm already working, right? So that would just be for my ego. I didn't know anybody. I had a roommate named Amy because my friend Molly said, oh, my cousin's also going to the new school. And so I went to New York to visit and I looked at apartments on the Lower East Side on Essex and Grand, which is like two blocks south of Delancey, which at the time didn't have any of the current fabulous things that are there. Um, And unfortunately, my white ass helped contribute to the gentrification of that neighborhood. And we moved into a small apartment and I started going to school every day. I took the F train to school or I, if I was really late and needed to get there quickly, I lived above Delancey car service. This is before there was Ubers and there was car services all over New York. I wonder what happened to all those guys. They were all Dominican and they lived downstairs and they were fabulous. And they would say, la base, la base, la base, la base. They would, you would call and say, I need a car. And they'd say the base, the base, the base, the base, the base in Spanish. And they would say, okay, five minute, five minute, five minute. And they were like the best group of Dominican men ever. And they felt like, you know, and they were there 24 hours. So it felt like I had this little crew of of buddies downstairs. And whenever I would land from visiting home, I would call and say, it's me, Pia. And they would say, oh, you're back. Okay, we're sending someone nice to get you right now. It was like, it was beautiful. And I was very depressed for six months because I didn't know anybody. And New York was intimidating. And, you know, when you go to a school in the city, like, Parsons or Eugene Lang, like you don't really feel like you have, for me personally, I didn't really feel like I had like a campus or a community where, you know, at other schools you're in dorms and there's sororities, not that I would ever join a sorority, but, you know, you have kind of more of a community-based situation. And and when you're in New York, you have the city. So it was, it was intense and it was especially intense because I had a boyfriend. I'd never had a boyfriend before. And I had a boyfriend who went to school with me who was much older and a graffiti writer. And I got, you know, very much introduced to a lot of really intense graffiti writers at a really (laughs) young age, which is like a crazy thing to say. Like, and, you know, 
like my boyfriend at the time was was not really like in a crew and his name wasn't like a big name by any means, but we were always surrounded by people who like once you would find out what somebody's name was, like you'd walk around the city and be like, oh, like there's Earsnot or there's Sacer, there's Next. And you would see like how people would like get up all over the city. That was crazy. Like I would be like in the middle of the night, like looking out for cops when my boyfriend like wrote graffiti on walls. And that was a really fascinating, interesting, beautifully cool community. And that was the first time in New York that I had seen a group of people that were, you know, growing up in LA, groups of people are kind of segregated by interest, right? This is a very like separate place. There's like, you know, and I I went to an all girl, a very small all girl school, but you know, it's like any school you feel like there's like this group and that group and this group and that group. And I lived above a store called a New York thing who was run by a guy who had worked at Supreme for a long time. And so what he was doing was like very cool. And it was constantly filled with people from all different backgrounds. And it was like my first time seeing like, you know, graffiti writers and skateboarders and musicians and artists and, you know, people, designers and people who had brands and people who are singers. And it was just cool as shit. It was very cool. Those are all people that I still follow or talk to or admire from afar and see what they're doing. And there used to be a store called A Life. It just closed. I'm so sad about it. But there was like a, this is when like sneakers were like a very big deal. That like when sneaker culture really began. And um, there was a store called A Life that was a fucking really cool sneaker store. Um, This is 2005. And like, you know, they would have parties in their like small backyard on Rivington and like, it would be like the Roots and John Mayer or like Dave Chappelle or Nas or, you know, Dipset, like camera. It was just, it was, it was cool. It was, it, I'm very lucky to have experienced that kind of life. And I got, I went from, you know, a, a pretty sheltered upbringing. I mean, I, I grew up in, in obviously where I live in, in this, in this town, but I, in high school, I had a very eclectic group of friends. And as soon as I got my license, I would drive all over LA and, I had a fake ID when I was young and I would go to, I didn't drink a lot. Like I didn't party a lot in high school. I used to have parties here a lot, but I only got really drunk a couple of times. I was always very like, didn't want to be sloppy. I wanted to be very much like in control. And I was extremely into fashion and extremely into clothes and extremely into marketing. And I was fascinated by all the stores here. This is like, I'm going to fucking age myself. This was during a time when like, obviously there was no, like Facebook had just come out. So we didn't have all the access to like imagery like we do now. So stores like Diabolina or Madison or um, God, like all these cool vintage stores in LA, but like really like Madison, Planet Blue, Diabolina, like all the stores on Robertson, they were a really big deal. And the buys at those store were brilliant. And buyers, the cool girls that were the buyers for the store were the coolest girls in LA. And they dressed cool and they set the trends and, you know, they would work with a lot of really cool small brands. And so I was constantly, every weekend I was going into those stores and seeing these like really cool labels that were doing like really cool things. Um, like I like I still have so many clothes from that time of my life and like the trims. I don't know. There were, people were like a little bit more experimental because it wasn't so you didn't have access to the internet the way that you do now. So like I've not a lot of people were like following a, tr- a you know trends the way they are now because 
a lot of these brands were like really setting them. And I loved that. And then, you know, you'd have to wait every week for like Us Weekly or whatever <laughs> to go from like, you know, Elle Magazine had like the best editorials. So I would always wait for Elle Magazine's editorials. And then I would wait for Us Weekly to come out every week to see like what Nicole Richie was wearing and what, you know, oh my God, at the time, like Lindsay Lohan and what everybody was wearing. And, and you had to wait you had to wait a week in between, which was like <laughs> making me age myself anyway. So I ended up in New York and uh, ended up going to Parsons and was hanging out with uh, very cool places. And I got very sucked into partying in like a, and yeah, I mean, that's what we all did. And I had a blog called fighting the war against blowing it because I thought it was so fascinating to move to New York and, you know, to work and have to go to school and be constantly so attracted by the city and the parties that were going on in the bars. I mean, my God, it would be like walking home would be crazy. I would be like walking home from school and see people I knew sitting outside of a bar or a restaurant. It was like, oh my God, have a drink. And then all of a sudden it's like two in the morning and I'm at some crazy apartment in Tribeca. Like it's, it's an unbelievable place that everybody should experience something like that if you can move to a big city somewhere. There are a lot of stressors in life. We're trying to work. We're trying to eat right. We're trying to fall in love. We're trying to get that body right. We're trying to work out. We're trying self-care. We're trying to journal. It's it's a lot. So that's why, oh God, what, it's been over a year now, I turned to Athletic Greens to help make sure I am on track with my nutrition. It is a life-changing nutritional habit. Their daily all-in-one superfood powder is just your number one nutrition essential. It is by far the easiest and most delicious nutritional habit you can add to your daily routine. They literally just simplify the logistics of getting you the optimal nutrition on a daily basis by giving you one thing that has all the best things. One scoop of Athletic Greens contains 75 vitamins and minerals and whole food sourced ingredients, including a full-blown multivitamin, a multi-mineral, probiotic, green superfood blend, and more. And they all work together to fill the nutritional gaps in your diet, increase your energy and focus, aid with digestion, support a healthy immune system, which by the way, all of this makes your skin glow and you don't have to take multiple things. While nutritional products come to the market and usually just stay stagnant, Athletic Greens continues to obsessively improve their product. They have had 53 improvements over the last decade and counting. They invest in the most absorbable and natural source of every ingredient and go above and beyond in third-party testing to ensure their customers receive the highest quality of the best daily nutritional habit literally on the planet. It's lifestyle friendly. So if you're keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, gluten-free, whatever, it's appropriate for you. And it contains less than one gram of sugar and it still tastes good. It's kind of incredible. So right now, Athletic Greens is doubling down on supporting your immune system. They're offering my audience a free one-year supply of vitamin D plus five free travel packs with your first purchase. So all you have to do, it's very easy, go to athleticgreens.com slash best and join health experts, athletes, and health conscious go-getters around the globe to commit to this beautiful, healthy habit. Again, just visit athleticgreens.com slash best and get your free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs today. How do I ask my boss for a raise? I'm so jealous of my coworker's promotion. I just don't know what to do. 
Is there a good way to brag about my accomplishments, you know, without sounding like a complete jerk? Careers are complicated and there are so many hush-hush topics we're told we can't talk about. That's why you have the Career Contessa podcast, a weekly advice show that takes your workplace dilemmas and offers you a better way forward. I'm your host, Lauren McGoodwin, and each week I'm joined by experts to help you overcome your workplace woes with actionable advice that you can use today. Subscribe to the Career Contessa podcast and make progress in your career every Tuesday. So um, also we didn't have Instagram. So you could, you were like free to like rip around and it wasn't so, you know, you didn't feel like you had to put on a show. I could, I could, you know, I was just like living my life. And um, I mean, it was incredibly, incredibly fun. And, and I really, you know, I miss, I miss like the, I miss the sweaty bar. I miss going to sway on Sundays and I really miss the max fish. And I do have like a lot of cringy, moments when I think about those times because I was obnoxious. I was so young and, and, and loud and free and drunk and, you know, same as a lot of people. So it was a, it was a cool time. And I was, and I worked a lot. I was, I was a waitress at a couple of restaurants, one of them being this place called Manjami that I really loved. And, you know, I, I, I got, I, I will say actually to one thing I want to say to defend myself, which is, you know, a lot of people gave me a lot of, it was so weird. I don't know why people pick on me, but I, there was like a, a group of girls that were like, you're the reason why New York sucks is rich girls like you moving here from LA. And it's so funny. They didn't actually a- attack the, the very wealthy girls that were here from LA, um, that threw parties and lived in very fancy apartments. I, took out loans to go to school and my parents split my rent with me because I said, one day I'll pay you back for it. And it was tough on them. And, but it's also what my dad worked his ass off for was to be able to do something like that for me. And I worked, I always had a job. And then, you know, as soon as I made enough money, I paid them back. And now I'm majorly paying them back by, you know, taking care of my mom. So um, I'm very happy that I had that experience and I'm proud of it. And I'm thankful that they, you know, put me up and helped me. And I hope that we can all do the same for our children because hopefully they'll be like me and they'll pay it back for you one day. And I, and I started working, um, in PR, um, for people's revolution. I started freelance producing photo shoots, which was really, really fun. And that's like kind of what got me out of school. I remember like putting together a photo shoot for someone and, and branding her. I was a photographer that I loved. She lived across from me. We used to hang out with her all the time. And she was a really amazing fashion photographer, but also personally was like very into metal. And she was very exploratory with like a young group of kids on the East Coast who were like heavy metal heads. And she would go and document them and and take beautiful photos. And I, and I remember, you know, this is the time where we had blogs and that I was looking at her blog and her blog was like heavily based in these really beautiful, like black and white portraits of these kids and and their lifestyle. And and she was confused as to why she wasn't getting fashion jobs. And I remember saying to her like, Hey, you know, if I was an agent and I, or, a, or a producer and I was, I was going to book a shoot and I wanted a female photographer to maybe do like more feminine photos. Cause at the, this is the time it was like, if you were shooting for like urban outfitters, it was such a big deal. Right. So those are the jobs you wanted. And, and I remember thinking if I was urban outfitters, I would look at your website and think that maybe you weren't 
available for taking those kinds of photos, even though you are like a lot of your personal work is on your site. So she was like, oh, well, maybe we should put together something. And I said, I'll do it for you. And so I produced a photo shoot that had a lot of very cool people in it who are now doing very cool things. And it was very easy to me. And I asked a lot of favors. And this is like where your network really comes in at a young age. It was all these people that I was hanging out with socially in New York and having cool conversations with out on the weekends and partying with. And then I was like, oh yeah, like Emily is a stylist. Oh, this person's a model. Oh, this person is a stylist. Oh, this person works at a showroom. And you kind of pull your network together. And I put together a shoot and it was great. And I thought to myself, oh, I could do this. And so at that point, I remember calling my parents and being like, I think I have to drop out of school you know, I'm, I'm getting, we're getting more and more, I'm getting more and more into student debt and why not just try to work? A lot of kids going to art school or fashion school end up doing that, right? So I said, let me try it for a semester and see what happens. And then it kind of snowballed. And then I eventually started working for Kelly Catrona, People's Revolution. I lived in the back of the showroom across from a restaurant called Lucky Strike in Soho. And there was no functional kitchen because it was in the back of the showroom and I would eat at Lucky Strike every night. The manager there ended up becoming my friend. He, If he would see me working at like midnight or one in the morning, he would ring the buzzer and I would come down and he would leave like chocolate cake and a glass of wine on the doorstep. It was just fucking awesome. Um, he worked really hard and we played really hard. And, and then from there, I started working for Reformation and started out doing in-house PR, eventually became the brand manager. And then as I got to know the customer, I remember the you know, the day that I got asked to be in design meetings, because I remember like, you know, all the executives saying, hey, like you really know our customer and you know what she wants to wear. And you basically are the customer. And I remember saying, yeah, yeah. So, you know, they said, you want to come sit in on a design meeting? And I did. And then I never stopped. And I was doing all the other stuff for the company during the day. And then we'd have design meetings at night. And then I started helping style the photo shoots and doing the editorials. And this is at the very beginning of Reformation when there was like, you know, 15 employees. And I left New York and moved to LA and was still working for Ref and then eventually left to go do something else. But then Reformation in the meantime got really big and very corporate. And so they asked to have me back in a bigger capacity to be just a full-time designer. And then that's what I did. I did that for I did that for years and was always posting on Instagram the things that I was making for Ref and celebrities in the clothes. I mean, this was the time when the company was had just started taking off. This was what, like eight years ago, nine years ago or something. And that was really cool. It was very cool to see things that I was doing on other people. Um, and eventually, um, you know, I thought to myself, okay, well, I have a great job here and I really like it, but I can't really grow anymore. And I... I had just gotten out of a relationship that was, you know, really serious. We were had been living together for, I can never remember if I was with this person for two or three years. It had to have been three, two and a half, I don't know, whatever. Each and every is my favorite deodorant. If you follow me on Instagram, you know that I have been using it way before I got pregnant because obviously it was important to me to use a natural deodorant that I could use through my pregnancy and postpartum. And nothing worked. Everything I used, I either was still super sweaty and like smelled really bad or even smell worse with some deodorants. Each and every is just fabulous. I've been, again, using it for way over a year. These ingredients that are super safe for my body 
and very safe for every stage of your pregnancy. I've been getting, you know, tons of night sweats postpartum, like I said, and I just wake up smelling fresh. Each and every also has 10 amazing core scents plus seasonal limited edition scents. It's formulated with just six ingredients. Isn't that amazing? No parabens, no artificial fragrances. It's been found to fight odor as well as an antiperspirant without any aluminum, which is really incredible. Plus, each and every is vegan, cruelty-free, and comes in a sustainable package made from sugarcane. Hello, you will not regret buying this. And don't take my word for it. They have over 15,000 five-star reviews. So I obviously have an awesome deal for you. Get 30% off your first purchase of each and every. Just go to my special URL that is eachandevery.com slash everything and use promo code everything. Do not miss out on this. It's 30% off. Use promo code everything at eachandevery.com slash everything. We had just broken up and I had been avoiding this message I got from the HR woman at Zara asking to fly me to Spain for an interview. And I thought, okay, maybe this is the time because what was interesting is when I was dating this person, I remember saying to him, oh, I got this job offer from Zara. And I remember him saying like, oh my God, like, well, you should take the interview. Like I would totally move to Spain. And in my head, I was like, oof, like, I don't think we're in a a point in our relationship where I'd be like comfortable moving to another country with you. And that was kind of an aha moment for me, right? Like at that point in our relationship, I should have been like, yes, let's take over the world together. And so as soon as we broke up, I took the interview and I mostly took it to get a ticket to Europe. (laughs) And I had planned to meet my girlfriend who was in New York for work in Italy. And and it was, I had never been to Italy. And I said, let's go on a trip. I'm single. And you know, you want to fucking go do something fun together. And she said, absolutely. So I go to Spain, not expecting to fall in love with Zara. And I did. And I fell in love with the people and the, the town is, is crazy. It, the entire town is full of, it's a small town called A Coruña on the water. And it's full of just people who work for Zara. It's very weird. It's almost like a college, you know? And the offices were insane and everybody was so nice and they give you, you know, money to travel and they give you money to buy, go on shopping trips and buy vintage and, and, you know, all these really cool sourcing trips. And I just thought, God, this is the best thing that could happen to somebody is really having a job like that. And I couldn't even wrap my head around trying to leave my family, but I knew that it was something that I wanted to do. And so I, left Spain and I flew to Naples and met my girlfriend at the airport and we got a taxi and went into Positano and I had found like a Airbnb rental. I didn't even know if they have Airbnb. Maybe they probably did, but it was a, it was a little rental that was not expensive. And we walked down to the beach. There's a, there's like two restaurants on the water in Positano. And, um, and by the way, we get there and I was like, I'm going to run out of money. (laughs) Like this place is so fucking expensive. It's like American prices. So I'm like, everyone that goes to Positano or goes to Amalfi, I'm like, you should obviously see it in your lifetime, but it's fucking ridiculous. It's like Beverly Hills on the water. And there's so many places like a, a coffee and a croissant in Italy. It's like offensive if you pay more than two euro for it, you know, especially now dating, dating Jesus, especially now being married to Davide. So Thank God this this person that I was with is uh, was a model and and an actress and people knew who she was. She it was very at the very beginning of her career. This was year, years years ago, but 
but people knew who she was. So all the cute like local guys kept taking us to all these restaurants and, you know, paying for our food and giving us free drinks and offering to, you know, host our dinners in exchange for posting about it on Instagram. And again, this is like so long ago before that was even really a thing. And I remember we went to this restaurant called Shea Block, the one of two restaurants on the beach. And I sat down and I opened my email and it was an email from Zara saying, we want to officially offer you the job and the salary. And I cried and I cheers and I said, holy shit, I'm moving to Europe. This is insane. And that same friend who I was with had just been at a Revolve event in the Hamptons and said, actually, you know, it's so funny. Uh, I forgot to tell you, but when I was at the event, Raisa, the CMO of Revolve, asked me about you. I told her I was coming to meet you. She asked me how I was meeting in Italy. I said, you and that you were interviewing at Zara. And she said, wait a second, Pia is willing to leave Reformation. And I said, yeah, you know, I think she got a good offer. So she wanted to explore it. And she said, oh my God, like we would love to take her. Because at the time, my name was so synonymous with Reformation. Like I started the Instagram account, you know, I like coined the term ref babe. It was like, it was my first real experience in like extreme (laughs) marketing and branding and design and the whole aspect of of brand building. And so, yeah, I don't think anybody had expected me to be willing to leave something that I was so proud of. And she said, do we want her? And and she was like, so before you accept that Zara job, and I was like, I don't know what they could even want from me. Like Revolve doesn't, like they're an online retailer. So I don't, that's was, I was like, whatever. So now I accepted the job and started doing the paperwork. And then I ended up having a meeting with her when I got back from Italy. And she said to me, hey, listen, we want to offer you a job. We have started forming in-house brands and we think that you would be great. And so, you know, we'll give you a budget and, you know, outline the whole thing for you. And you have complete creative control and and was I left that meeting and I went home and I could not believe I couldn't believe it because, you know, when you, when you started a company, the unfortunate thing about, about being a, a company that where you started young is I remember a college professor, I was telling me this, like, be careful when you start a new job, because your starting salary, it's extremely hard if you have goals to make a certain amount of money by a certain age, if you start at a low price point in terms of your salary, it's obviously like really hard to, you're not going to like double or triple that right away. Right. It takes a long time. So there I was making a very humble salary, just having enough money a month to pay my rent in my car and, you know, go out to a dinner or so before I would like hit zero in my, I would always like hit zero. Like, you know, like most of us where you like, you chill and then you're like, Ooh, I'm going to hit zero. But it, you know, you hit zero, you know, a few days before your, <laughs> before your next paycheck hits. So you just have like a couple days where it's like a struggle and I would just like go home to my parents' house. And so it was amazing to be able to have two, you know, really good job offers that both sounded incredible. And I, it took a lot of soul searching to pick. And the odd, the fucking ironic thing is I remember saying to my mom, like, you know, obviously for, for two weeks, we went back and forth on this. And she was like, what if you meet someone in Spain and you have to pick between, you know, Spain or LA? And that's the decision I ended up having to make with poor Davide when we met. So I ended up having to face that that, you know, ultimate dilemma at a, in a different time of my life being here, which I think is really funny. So that's how I ended up uh, at Revolve and, and anything that's happened, you know, on Instagram since that time, 
the the I mean, I don't even have that many followers. You know, I mean, most people that I'm friends with that I follow, you know, have 400,000 and millions. And, you know, I'm at a very nice place where I'm very happy. I don't want any more followers than, than what I have. I'm in a very nice, safe spot and love all of you so much and feel uh, very like safe and protected and not and I also feel very exposed at this point, so I couldn't imagine it being more, but that natural progression of interest on Instagram, I'm very thankful for. And it happened naturally from the perspective of me being a designer and that being something that people were interested in. So um, again, getting back to my initial point, I think it's really funny when people say like, oh, you're an influencer that got a brand. And I was like, actually, it's the opposite way. I'm a designer and a creative director that you know, this happened the other way. And I think that was because I was so open about, always have been the process of being, you know, creating a brand. I think people at the time, that wasn't something that a lot of people are doing and I'm really thankful for it. And, you know, God, when I think back to like five years ago, of like the hype that was around LPA and what like a big deal it was. And now I I feel like, you know, so many people, who are creative directors, like really like you can't sleep or eat unless you are like gaining excessive amounts of press and like the biggest celebrities wearing your clothes. And it becomes this like extreme thing to be like such a thing. And, and, and everyone should strive for that because it's, it's great, but it's, it's mostly very ego driven. And so the funny thing where like LPA, when it had launched was like, you know, we had this huge party on a roof downtown, like Virgil DJ Diplo showed up and started DJing. It was like, you know, we had this party in Paris that was crazy where Kendall showed up and, you know, all these people. And it's, it was like all very natural and all part of this thing. And then as I got more exposed and like the negative stuff started happening, it became I became very like family focused and way more personal on Instagram. And I feel like as happy as we are for the people that we follow for their successes, like a lot of animosity and jealousy comes. And so the last few years, I've definitely like retreated a little bit into like a different aspect of what I kind of show, I guess, and just become showed more of like myself rather than like, oh, here's what I'm working on. Or like, I never imagined, I don't know. And, and, and so I think that's also why people all the time are like, wait, are you still doing LPA? And like, yeah, I literally am doing all aspects of it. I just hired someone to freelance do the Instagram, <laughs> which is why the Instagram sucks so bad right now. But what's amazing is like we have our customer and she loves, loves her LPA and I love LPA. I mean, it's what I wear most of the time. And, and so it's been this like really beautiful thing to have this big moment you know, so many years after the brand has launched and with such a core customer and with me being in such a different space where I'm not like, why aren't we getting press? I'm like, we need to be here and I need me to, I'm, I'm like, dude, we're going, I'm, you know, I go to New York tomorrow morning and the PR company that helps put on this whole show is like, you know, do you have any goals for press or, you know, are you okay doing interviews? And I was like, like, I'm cool. Like, I don't, you know, like speaking on a panel and I was kind of like, I don't know if I even want to do that. You know, I, I was like, I just want to be, I kind of want to like keep my head down a little bit. There is so much about fertility. That's a complete mystery. That's where the modern fertility home test comes in. Think of your fertility hormones as little tiny detectives. They can bring you tons of insight into your egg count, 
reproductive timeline, and even possible outcomes for egg freezing and IVF. Everything you know to get proactive about your fertility is available in this at-home test. I am the biggest advocate for modern fertility. It's why this was created. It's an easy and affordable way to test your fertility hormones at home with just a simple finger prick. You mail it in with a prepaid label and you'll get your personalized results within 10 days. I cannot stress this enough. Traditional testing with your doctor can cost over $1,000, but Modern Fertility gets you the same information at $159, which is a fraction of the price. And if you go to modernfertility.com slash Pia, you can get $20 off your test. Also, if you have an HSA or FSA, you can put those dollars towards Modern Fertility. You'll get insight into your hormone levels, how many eggs you have, which by the way, like nobody ever tells you that. It's crazy. And other important fertility factors. The results go deep into what every hormone means. You can actually learn about your body. Shocking. And you can also talk one-on-one with a fertility nurse to review your results and options for next step, which is great because then you essentially can have the most appropriate conversation with your doctor. If you want kids today or maybe just one day in the future, this clinically sound information about your body will help you make the decision that is right for you. Right now, Modern Fertility is offering our listeners $20 off the test when you go to modernfertility.com slash Pia. That means your test will cost you $139 instead of the several hundred or even thousands plus dollars you could spend at a doctor's office. It's amazing. Get $20 off your fertility test when you go to modernfertility.com slash Pia. That's modernfertility.com slash Pia. Because I think of like past stuff that has happened, it feels almost odd for me to be celebrating. And so again, getting to the beginning of the monologue with myself, you know, these people asking me what I felt about going back. You know, I I was looking at the collection two weeks ago. We shot, we styled it and and shot it. And, you know, I I downloaded the photos immediately to my phone and I sent it to like 10 of my closest friends and they all said, oh my God, that's you. Like that's New York Pia. Obviously I'm, a you know, it's been COVID and I've gained weight and, you know, have been lucky enough to be inside wearing baggy button downs and easy things. But this collection ended up being exactly what LPA was intended to be. And it's, you know, very much always inspired by being American Italian. And I lived in Little Italy for a long time. And, and you know, it's like my dream. I was looking back at the initial mood boards for the brand and I had like dreamed of making you know, leopard boots with like matching leopard dresses and leopard hats. And that's what this is. It's all of, it's all of that. And, and so I just am so overwhelmed. And especially since I was in the emergency room two nights ago with this like crazy heavy period, which I'm now realizing is for multiple reasons. One of them being that I stopped breastfeeding and it's my first period past, you know, postpartum and post breastfeeding. And I think, and I'm very pro-vax and I would do it regardless, but I'm learning from my new, I talked to a new OB today that the vaccine is messing with women's periods and it's temporary and then it levels out again. But, you know, so it's like all these things have been in my way of allowing me to like sit in, in the moment. And I, and I think this is like a good lesson. So 
I wake up at 4 a.m. tomorrow and I go to the airport and I land. And for the first time in a long time, I'm going to be alone in New York, a place I lived for 10 years and spent most of it, 99% of it alone in New York. And I get to go to, you know, the restaurants that I love with the people that I haven't seen in years and celebrate a collection that I designed. And I think it's a beautiful, exciting, very cool circle of life moment for me at 30, almost 35. So that's my story. And I hope that you guys like the collection and I'm excited to show it to everybody. And I hope that me being able to do something very cool in my mid thirties inspired all of you at whatever age to know that like <laughs> cool things keep happening if we just are consistent and, and work hard. All right. Thank you, my darlings. I will talk to you soon. And thank you so much always for all the amazing feedback about solo episodes. It's so nerve wracking for me. And I know I hate hearing my voice and I know I get very monotone and I'm just here alone with nothing to feed off of. And it feels very self-serving, but I think that everybody should know that we're not defined by whatever, you know, we're not defined by anything. There's been so many times where I thought, oh, I can't do this and I can't do this. And like, I love LPA and I'm, and in here it still is, you know, and and in conjunction with that, we have Barangini Import & Co. And I hope that that lasts a long time and that we're all just like very dynamic. And if there's something that you want to do and you work hard at it, like it'll it'll happen. You can do it when you're a mama too. Your life doesn't end when you become a mama. It just begins. All right. Talk to you soon. Ciao. And that, ladies and gentlemen, concludes this week's episode of Everything is the Best. I hope you enjoyed it. Please rate, review, subscribe, all that stuff. Maybe leave a comment. But remember, shitty comments are for shitty people. Go ahead and follow me on Instagram at Pia Barangini. And I hope you have a fabulous, fabulous rest of your day. Love you. Ciao.